Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 30th. It is seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Dr. Ben Carson was on TV yesterday and he dropped a major hint about the possibility of being Trump's vice president president. And we've talked about this in the past that it is crucial that Donald Trump picks somebody that is well respected and liked among his base. Can you think of anybody more boring than Ben Carson? <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about going over like a fart in church. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be just the most I mean, what a colossal letdown if Ben Carson yeah. is I mean, like, and I'm not saying he's actually considering him, but they have allowed the Tucker, like Tucker Carlson rumors to fester, which mm-hmm. means clearly they want that. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to pick Tucker Carlson, but you go from getting people's hopes up like, oh, my gosh, we could have some great articulate orator mm-hmm. like Tucker Carlson. And then it ends up being Ben Carson. Well, I mean, he is well respected. And I'm wondering, don't you need a little bit of boring to balance out the crazy that is Trump? Well, so this is the conversation. And yes, you're right. Ben Carson, what he did, separating those twins. I mean, what like what a great American hero. So I don't I don't mean in any way to like disparage Ben Carson's accomplishment to Mm -hmm. society and Mm -hmm. humanity and his great work as a doctor. I'm not in any way meaning to do that. However, this is going to be a attack-oriented election cycle, and it is going to be a message-oriented election cycle. And say whatever you want to say about Mike Pence. Mike Pence was an unwavering, disciplined messenger. If Mike Pence saw the benefit at the end of any rainbow he would search the ends of the earth in order to find it. And he recognized with Trump, hey, I get to be vice president. So I'll say all these things about Trump and whatever that I don't even really believe, but it's going to benefit me. And Mike Pence was great in 2016 as a disciplined messenger of the Trump policies. Mike Pence is also boring. He's a great public speaker. (laughs) He's a phenomenal messenger. It's not that Ben Carson is boring. It's that when you think of Ben Carson, you don't think of somebody who has the fight and the passion mm. and doesn't doesn't elicit the excitement necessary. He doesn't have the charisma. He doesn't match Trump's level. But one thing he does have that I think people can universally agree on is integrity. I, I would agree with that. Something that maybe Mike Pence didn't have. Well, there's no there's no doubt Ben Carson is a phenomenal American and would be that is about as safe a pick as you could possibly mm-hmm. and, make. But isn't that what Donald Trump needs? Someone safe? Well, this is the argument is what what do you actually need in order to win? Now, I was a huge proponent in 2016 that he picked Newt Gingrich because I was convinced that it, the election, and ultimately was proven to be correct, that the election was, an was the way to win was an indictment on Hillary Clinton and proven 100% correct. And you saw many, many people who voted for Trump in 2016 did not vote for him in 2020 because it the deciding votes in 2016 were about no more Clintons. And I thought, who better to prosecute the Clintons than Newt Gingrich? Now, turned out Mike Pence did fine enough job, and ultimately people hated Hillary enough that it didn't matter. That's what Trump's going to have to decide. What is this election about? If this election 
is about a policy-oriented discussion and about here is what Trump wants to do for America, then Ben Carson might be fine. Mm -hmm. However, if this is going to be a prosecution of the Biden administration, then Ben Carson is not going to be fine because he is not, there's nothing in Ben Carson's past or his life or whatever that would show you, wow, what a dynamic bulldog that's going to get in there and is going to rip somebody to shreds. So it's going to, it's all going to kind of depend on what Trump wants this campaign to be about. Now, I agree with you. It should be a disciplined message campaign. Do we think we're actually going to get a disciplined message campaign? <laughs> well, not from Donald Trump. Right! But if this is about the voter and this is about policy and what we've learned with the Biden administration and uh, someone just being a heartbeat away from being the president, uh, boy, I would lean towards Christy Nome. Uh, that would check so many boxes. That would also help Donald Trump with the suburban mom vote. But... Ben Carson was asked, has President Trump contacted you to be his VP? And this was his answer. This is also one of the reasons President Trump is doing so well in the polls. Has President Trump contacted you to be his VP? Uh, I don't want to talk about what we've talked about, but we've, <laughs> we've talked about what can we do to save this country and that we will work together to make sure that America remains America. Okay, so thank you, Casey. Mm -hmm. I, I, in 30 seconds, you just proved my point, which is there will be no scandals. The, wow. guy, will, the guy will be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, as pure as the wind-driven snow. Mm -hmm. He's a universally respected um, American, did great things in the medical community, but he doesn't bring you anything. If your goal is just do no harm and you feel like for some reason you got to pick uh, a, a minority or a woman or whatever, then okay. But he brings you nothing in terms of, he certainly doesn't bring you a state. He doesn't excite your base. He's not a bulldog. So if your goal is, hey, who's the safest guy? Yeah. And, and would definitely be very reliably supportive of Donald Trump, also mm -hmm. probably a, a thing Trump is considering, then y yes. But I, I don't think he brings you anything. I mean, are you remotely excited about coming in here and talking about the prospect of Ben Carson? No. No, but you know what? I wasn't really excited about Mike Pence either. So, But Mike Pence in those debates was, for all the criticism of Pence, yeah. he was great. Mike Pence was a phenomenal, phenomenal campaigner for Donald Trump in 2016. I just don't think you get that with Carson. I think there's too many options out there. that, And, and by the way, the other thing Trump... He won't, but he should if he actually cared about someone other than himself, is this whoever he picks is going to become the de facto face of the party if Trump wins. Just like when Reagan, because Trump will essentially be serving two terms, just like when Reagan's time was up, George H.W. Bush became the face of the party. No one was excited about George H.W. Bush, but he was been the vice president. It is yours. And, and likely, whoever the vice president is, if they want to run, will become the next standard bearer for the Republican Party. So it's something he really should keep in mind if he indeed cares about continuing his legacy, the direction of the country, et cetera. Yeah, well, I think age legitimized things because he had the fantastic resume. And is that something that Donald Trump needs to consider as well? somebody who has the resume to go along with the personality i just i think you would that would be just a, such an underwhelming pick but again 
maybe that would mean we might actually get a message-driven campaign, mm. Casey. And yeah. Boy, that'd be wild and wacky, wouldn't it? It would. All right. We've got to talk about the articles of impeachment against the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. And we're going to do that coming up from 93 WIBC. happened one other time and that was in 1876 but right now articles of impeachment have been released against Alejandro Mayorkas Uh, House Republicans have accused him of willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law and breach of public trust and uh, so it's going to committee today and the Speaker of the House says that they're going to vote on this very soon Okay, so just to clarify what you were saying there, that the last time a cabinet member Mm -hmm. was impeached was 1876. Yes. Clearly, we have had uh, multiple presidents impeached since then. Thanks for the clarification. You're you're absolutely right. um, But I I knew what you meant, but I just wanted to make sure. So uh, this is another example of the Republicans refusing to do any actual work or make any of the actual hard choices necessary in order to get spending under control, get inflation under control, secure uh, the spiraling national debt. They're not going to do that. So what they do is things like this, where they hope you'll be distracted and you'll get all ginned up about impeaching Mayorkas, who there's zero chance he's going to be convicted in the Senate. And he will keep he will keep his cabinet position and hope you don't realize or pay attention or whatever to their just gross mismanagement and flat out lies about how they pledge to get all those things under control. Does he suck at his job? Yes. <laughs> Should he be in that position? Mm-hmm. No. But I don't see anywhere in the Constitution where it says sucking at your job or disagreeing with the Congress on how to handle something is grounds for impeachment. Last time I checked, it was high crime or misdemeanor. Right. And I don't think he's been uh, charged with a high crime or a misdemeanor. Which means for those of you who actually care, those of us left who actually care about the Constitution, I mean, if you're going to say, that's ridiculous, they impeached Donald Trump. Well, then if you're a fair person, you have to say, this is also ridiculous. Here's an idea. Why don't we win the election and then this thing and this gross mismanagement of the federal government will take care of itself? Yeah, the Department of Homeland Security is saying that no high crimes or misdemeanors have been committed and that they're evidence-free. So it's up to Joe Biden then to replace his cabinet member. I mean, unless... unless but he's not going to do that because he doesn't think he's doing a bad well, job. Well, right. So unless you have some smoking gun of Alejandro Mayorkas conspiring with foreign nations to break the laws of this country. Now, is he willfully allowing the laws of this country to be broken? There's many people who think that. But unless you have some definitive emails, phone calls, text messages with him conspiring with Venezuelan government officials to send people to this country and we will allow them to enter or something of the sort, what what grounds for impeachment do you have? You get the government you deserve. People allegedly voted for Biden and you're getting what you deserve if you uh, voted for Biden. I mean, that's the way this country works. He sucks at his job. Pete Buttigieg sucks at his job. These people are brutally incompetent buffoons who strongly dislike this country. So President Biden, he said that he would take immediate action to shut down the border, but only if 
Congress approved a proposal, which they're negotiating right now, and uh, he's urging them to pass this bipartisan bill. If they're serious about the border crisis, I love how he's passing the buck Uh to them. If they're serious, he said that it is the toughest and fairest set of reforms to secure the border we've ever had in our country. But they don't need more laws. Just enforce the laws that are on the books. We don't need more legislation. We have plenty of legislation to secure the border. We have passed countless reform bills or border security packages or whatever. People are going to continue to come here illegally because they believe they have a better chance than not of, one, making it here, and two, once they get here, being released into the wild and... What's the worst thing that can happen to him? Hey, report back in two years. Oh, oh, so I get deported then. Oh, oh, damn, Casey. And in so, the meantime, yeah. let's see what'll happen. Exactly. Who knows? I mean, there's a good chance many of these people don't even come back. The people that do, again, what's the worst that can happen? You have to get, you have to be deported. Well, then you got to live in the U.S. for two years or three years or whatever it is. So I just look. You got to win the elections. That's what it comes down to. You got to figure out how to get more electoral votes than the other guy. And if you do that, this time next year, hopefully this problem will be resolved. This is a colossal waste and a um, sleight of hand by the Republicans because they don't want you focused on their refusal to do the things they promised you in the election of 2022. So this border deal that they're discussing is a $110 billion supplemental spending spending package. Did you hear the key word? They're spending and it does include funding to help Ukraine and uh, of course. Ah, there's your big one, Casey. There it is. And uh, Donald Trump saying a bad border deal is far worse than no border deal well don't you don't you love to and i mean to cut you off actually i didn't mean to cut you off sure go I'm for sorry. it let me let me say no it's I'm, not, your show. I'm not even sorry for cutting you off i was gonna say i was gonna apologize but i'm not gonna lie to your face um i have too much respect for you to shoot that. Uh, don't you love the fact that whether it's duca spendingberg todd young or a whole bunch of these other establishment republicans they're more mad at trump right now about saying don't take a terrible border deal. Don't do this. They're more mad at Trump than they are the Biden administration who's causing the problem. Right, for saying the only way that this is going to work is if you put extra money for other countries in there. Uh, this should be one of your faves, Rand Paul. Yeah. He's uh, he's talking about the spending plan, sending billions to Ukraine, <laughs> while also trying to help the border, or rather leaving the border wide open. And uh, this is fantastic at the very end. He he says we're the world's sugar daddy. Yeah, and realize the bill is going to have more money for sanctuary cities. So the cities that don't turn anybody in, you can rape, murder, pillage in some of these sanctuary cities. And if you're illegally here, they don't do anything about you. You just fade back into the woodwork. The other thing that's going to happen in this Ukraine bill is there's going to be $11 billion worth of humanitarian assistance. Some of that goes to Ukraine, but some of that's going to Gaza. And it's not clear exactly how much is going to go to the Palestinians, but it's sort of bizarre that we fund both sides of every war. You know, they're going to expect us to clean up and repair Ukraine when it's done being destroyed. Mm-hmm. The same with Gaza. Gaza's being destroyed, but who's going to have to pay for it? They expect us to pay for it. And I don't want a penny going to Hamas or to any of these people. Uh, look, I have great sympathy for those who live in Gaza and the mess that they're in, and I wish it would stop. But I don't think we should always have to pay for everything. When do we become the sugar daddy of the world? we got to pay for everything. 
<laughs> the prosecution rests, Your Honor. There are no further questions. Uh, he made a great point. We're, we're funding both sides of every war. We send the money to get their weapons, yep. and then we also got to fund the cleanup as well. I believe the phrase you're looking for, Casey, is mm-hmm. military-industrial complex. Oh, I think yes, that's the word that's you're, those exactly. are the words you're at. You're, I mean, he's 100% spot on. Uh, hey, okay, so let's take a break. Mm-hmm. When we come back, uh, all sorts of developments going on with this proposed LEAP district out in Boone County. And that plan by Governor Awfulface to, um, that was mean. I wasn't even talking about his physical appearance, and I realized how that came up. I meant Awfulface as in he sucks at his job. and I just didn't Two-Face? Want, well, I didn't want to say his name, because then I'd have to go, if I said Holcomb, I'd have to go, boo! So I didn't want people to think I was making some <laughs> physical disparagement of the governor. Right. Because uh, uh, you don't notice people's appearances. Well, it was going to be hard for me to say right. his name and boo and then get the point across. But right. anyway. You say his name, I'll boo. Okay, here we go. Uh Okay, let me reset the whole thing. All right, all right. All right. So there's all sorts, <laughs> there's all sorts of things going on. Moving parts of this leap district that Governor Holcomb Boo! Uh, is dead set on taking uh, half a billion dollars of your money, mm-hmm. using much of it to enrich some of the largest, most powerful corporations uh, in, in the world, uh, erect a bunch of bright, shiny objects on beautiful farmland, and then of course the 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 big biggest thing of all this is if taking your money wasn't bad enough, they want to siphon off a million yeah. plus gallons of water a day from those those people up in Tippecanoe County. So David Sanders, he's part of the West Lafayette City Council. He's also part of that Stop the Water Steal organization. He's going to be with us to update on the fight back against the governor. All right, we're going to talk with him next on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So what's going on with the Leap District? Let's find out. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey, Sarah and Casey. If you recall, we've talked quite a bit about Mm -hmm. this uh, Leap District. And for those of you who are new to the the program and new to the game, uh, the governor of the state of Indiana has, uh, well, proposed a whole bunch of great big buildings and bright, shiny objects benefiting some of the richest corporations in the world. Uh, Go up in Boone County. And in order to do that, he not only needs your tax money to make that happen, he also (laughs) needs all the natural resources. And uh, that has caused a whole bunch of drama as they proposed pumping hundreds of millions of gallons of water from Tippecanoe County uh, down to Boone County on a regular basis in order to make that happen. And naturally, when you start taking people's water, people said, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So it's been a great group that's formed to try to stop this. We totally support them. Stop the water steal, stop the water steal.org. And one of the guys who's kind of been the, the one of the faces of that joins us now. David Sanders, you're a professor at Purdue. You're also part of the West Lafayette City Council. David, hello. Thank you very much for having me here today. Okay, so uh, when we last had you on, it was pre-legislative session, and there were a lot of people sticking their chest out from the General Assembly saying, we're going to go in and do this, and we're going to do that. And we said, that's never how it works at the General Assembly. You guys say stuff, and then the governor wags his finger at you, and you go, oh, sorry for having ideas. And it kind of seems like that's what's taking place. So uh, there were two bills that were going to, in a small way, address the water issues. Uh, they were referred to as one, uh, 1305 and 20, uh, 249. Um, that's House Bill 1305, uh, Senate Bill 249. Uh, they were from Representatives Nagel and Senator Deary. And they were just going to put a licensing step uh, in the way of the project. What does that mean? 
Uh, so that means that the uh, DNO was going to look at the project and see whether it met certain criteria. Uh. And if it did, then it could go ahead. If it didn't, then it couldn't. They could limits. And it's only if um, it was only limits on projects that involved moving more than 10 million gallons a day yeah. of water. And I think that's important. What we talk about, because whether you live in Boone County or Tippecanoe County, you need to care about this because they'll come for your resources next. If you let them get away with this one, they're coming for you next. That's interesting that you mention that because uh, the governor, in a recent speech about this, said, well, we can put more than one straw into the water. So it's oh, not just potentially no. <laughs> Tippecanoe mm-hmm. County. It may be other counties uh, <laughs> as well, other water sources, other aquifers as well may be involved. So we should be widely interested in this. And as it turns out, uh, legislatures around the state are interested in yeah. So we started off with our resolution uh, in West Lafayette. I was the author of it, op- opposing it. It is now in more than 20 different places, from Terre Haute oh, to Miami County, never mind, of course, closer counties, Fountain County, sure. White County, uh, Lafayette, mm-hmm. Otterbin just passed theirs. Uh, so it is a it is an issue that has grabbed the attention of people all over the state. In a recent program, um, it was just mentioned that this is probably the largest issue in the governor's yeah. race, the upcoming governor's yeah. race uh, that's being discussed. Uh, David, does this mean that, is that an indication that the Wabash doesn't have enough water to supply this LEAP project? So that is that is a real question. Whenever this is being looked at from the scientific perspective, the numbers that are used are always about the maximum flow mm-hmm. of the Wabash. The Wabash varies about tenfold during the course of the year. When they say it's only going to take the equivalent of 20% of the Wabash, I mean 2% of the Wabash, I apologize, 2% of the Wabash, that's not honest because it could be up to 20% of the Wabash River, the flow of the Wabash River, could be diverted to this project. Uh, David Sanders is our guest. He's a part of the group Stop the Water Steel, stopthewatersteel.org. They're fighting to push back on this proposal to take hundreds of millions of gallons. And I think this is the thing people need to understand. It's daily, right? I mean, yes. of water yes. from Tippecanoe County to Boone County. So I was at a, a Brownsburg Town Council meeting the other night, and they were discussing the looming water shortage in central Indiana. And I'm in the back laughing because places like Brownsburg and Fishers and Carmel, I mean, all these places have grown exponentially over the past 15, 20 years, much of it irresponsible, high-density residential growth. And they're going, well, we've got to figure out something to do about this this looming water shortage. And, and I was thinking about you guys because – you, their bad growth choices should not be your problem. And now what Holcomb and these other municipalities, Boone County, Lebanon, want you in Tippecanoe County and other counties to do is you want to say, you should subsidize our poor growth choices. Yes, uh, that's a real, real concern. I think that there are other uh, proposals that we should make to address those issues. I think water conservation has to be primary when you're thinking about this. One of the things about this particular water project is it's to support an industrial development, and it is really a form of corporate welfare. We are trying to subsidize 
uh, the transfer of this natural resource. If it were f- to actually support human beings, I think there would be less widespread uh, opposition. But nevertheless, even in this case, if they had proposed taking water and recycling it and using it again, there wouldn't be as much opposition. So I think that we need to have a more um, a larger long-term plan for water rather than, oh, there's some water here, let's just grab it. And it, that, that doesn't solve the problem. Right. All it does is push it down the road a little bit. So uh, where are these bills? I'm going to guess they went nowhere because that's usually what happens in the, as we said, in the General Assembly. These people come in and get on, you know, Casey, we've talked about some state lawmakers who are very active on social media. Yeah. And then if it comes only to, they would do something. Yeah. If, you know, if, if the, you know, they do have time to drive drunk and blow through barricades <laughs> and then flee the scenes of accidents. Uh, but, they, you know, when it comes to actually doing stuff for you, very little. So I'm going to guess these are dead on arrival now as well? So both of them went to utilities committees uh, in the Senate and, and the House, and neither one of them actually got a hearing. And today today was the last day we were, we were trying to push yeah. uh, the committee members to have a hearing, uh, but neither of them are scheduled for a, a hearing, so they're not going forward. Da- David Sanders is our guest. He's with the group Stop the Water, Steel, Stop the Water, Steel.org. We're talking about the, this plan to siphon off hundreds of millions of gallons of water daily to Boone County from surrounding areas. Uh, so what happens now? I mean, is there any recourse for the people? Because uh, it just seems like, once again, the General Assembly is abdicating their responsibility. So something that our group did was we were in support of these bills, but many of the local groups were not in support of them because they were too weak. Yeah. And I think that if they had actually been stronger bills, uh, then there would have been more widespread community efforts, and therefore there would have been more likelihood that the bills would have been heard. So they were trying to do the bare minimum, these lawmakers trying to do the bare minimum possible and go, see, look, we took... We took action. You know, I don't want to question their motives. I do want oh, to say- Oh, we will. I, it's I, fine. <laughs> I do think that it was an incorrect strategy that uh, if you ask for very little, it's not that much to deny it. If you ask for a lot, yeah. again, the community would have been much more uh, behind it. I do. Sounds want- like your contract negotiation, Casey. That's <laughs> when you came here. <laughs> I asked for very little. <laughs> <laughs> and look at where you ended up. <laughs> I got very little. <laughs> Not going to go there either, but I do want to, there is one bill, uh, 295, uh, which is about putting, again, a moderate bill, but at least this one is going forward, and uh, we are supporting it. Uh, What it does is put into place two things. One is it puts a couple of members of the General Assembly, non-voting members, on the IEDC. Uh Uh-huh. Very moderate uh, thing. But the other thing that it does, which I think is important is that if they are going to buy IEDC, which, as you know, has, through Mission Creep, become a real estate company, Uh uh, Mm. as well as, and I hope we'll have the opportunity to talk about this because I think it's very important, a tax-gathering authority as well, um, it says that if they're going to buy more than 100 acres cumulative, they have to notify the localities. um, I think, I forgot whether it's 60, I think it's 60 days before and maybe 30 days beforehand, but at least there has to be some notification, which did not happen yeah. oh. in this process. This this purchase of all this property was done completely mm-hmm. 
in Cause, secret. Because uh, remember when the mayor was on yeah. with us, and he th- isn't that kind of what he said? He's like, oh, th- the land was purchased, uh-huh. and then there it was. So what? What? Um, am I remembering that right? Yeah, that, that, that's what he said. So uh, what? I mean. Is this is a key issue for the Republican governor's primary? Let's face it; that's probably going to be whoever wins at the next governor. Is there any chance that they're going to weigh in and say, "Hey, wait a second, let the next governor decide this"? Or is Holcomb just so set on this that he's going to, once the general assembly adjourns, he's going to ram this thing through? I think that it will not be rammed through at this time. I don't think they're quite ready. I don't think the studies are in. Um, are further far enough along. They're talking about having them done by the fall. So there is that possibility that something could happen uh, at the last second. But the amount of appropriation that would be required for building the pipeline, per se, I think that the legislature would have to um, participate, and that would be in the in the next session. And I do think that this is so important in the governor's race that they're, they're going to have to make commitments about whether they're going to l- allow this pipeline uh, to go forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they are pushed, again, by the media, by y- your participation, by the participation of the community, uh, to actually make a commitment that it doesn't go forward. David Sanders is our guest. He's with StopTheWaterSteel.org. They are fighting back against this proposed leap district in Boone County and the siphoning off of hundreds of millions of gallons of water each week. We've got a lot more with him. When we come back, it's Kettle the Case. It's just such an important conversation. You're hearing it right here on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here, continuing now with our guest, David Sanders. He's with StopTheWaterSteel.org. Part of a, a big group of people fighting back against the governor, against uh, really the Indiana General Assembly and the IEDC over this proposed leap district that's uh, scheduled to take place in, in Boone County, in Lebanon. And, uh, of course, the big interest they have uh, up in Tippecanoe County is the fact that they, the state of Indiana plans to siphon off 100 million gallons plus of water a day, send it down to Boone County. And and we said, look, whether you live in Boone County, Tippecanoe County, wherever, you have a vested interest in paying attention to this discussion, because if you let the state get away with this, they'll come for your stuff next. So, David, there's supposedly this this big water study that's supposed to be taking place um, as part of the pause that was put on the proposed LEAP district and this plan to siphon off the water. Can you tell us where that's at? They had a brief water study uh, last year answered practically none of the questions that we need to answer. Uh, and and what's even worse is that the information was almost completely uh, redacted in the forms that were pres- provided to the public. Wait, so wait, was, wait. What do you, what inf- isn't that the premise of the study, is to give the public the information? Uh, no. it was The premise of the study was to give the IEDC the oh. information. It wasn't to give the public uh. the information. And that is, again, part of the real concerns here about transparency and accountability. Uh, and that's that's why people are so upset. Again, if they had come forward and said, this is our long-term plan, this is what we're going to do, this is why we're doing it, 
I don't think that you'd have this level of opposition. Before we want to give you a chance to promote your your group too. Before we do, you mentioned something that's very very important. We're focused on the resource side of it, but they are they being the IDC with the consent and cheerleading of the General Assembly and the governor is taking hundreds of millions of dollars every budget cycle from regular people and are using this to prop up these mega these mega corporations. I mean, you know, we had uh, Donald Rainwater, who's going to be the Libertarian nominee for governor on last week, and he made a good point. He said, wait a second, you got a billion dollar Medicaid shortfall here where you're going to stick it to parents of highly disabled children and you, you don't have any money for that, but you got a billion dollars to help Eli Lilly put together mega mega real estate deals. I mean, maybe you can just speak to that. I mean, the whole the whole thing in this is ridiculous. I agree totally. Uh, it is a tremendous diversion of taxpayer resources uh, to support private companies, but it's even worse than that. And through the process of what's called uh, Senate Enrolled Act 361-2022, they create these uh, innovation development districts uh-huh. and TIF districts. It's like a, it's very much like a TIF district. Now, r- real quick, I don't mean to cut you off, but this is really important, Casey, because for ten years now, the General Assembly has said how awful TIFs are mm-hmm. in, in communities, and they've gutted, you know, whether the, these cities and towns' abilities to set up TIFs and how they operate, and they're the worst thing in the world until they need it. Oh yeah, until they need it. Sorry, David, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I think that's a super important. I'm point. I'm very glad you made that point, and that's exactly correct. So the thing is, there are a couple things that's wrong with this. The first one is that, according to the legislation, 88% of the tax revenue, what's called the incremental tax revenue, from property taxes, state income taxes, state sales taxes generated, goes not to the state treasury, not to the county, not to the city, but to the IEDC themselves, mm-hmm. rendering them completely Unaccountable, and this is a large part of what generated uh, the concern at the county level in, in Tippecanoe that they were going to be able to go ahead a lot with these projects without any sort of control whatsoever. The second thing that's uh, problematic about this is when they say, "Oh, you know, sure, we're putting all these resources into Boone County, but we're going to spread it around uh. the county. We're going to do economic development anywhere." That's simply not the case. They have made such an investment in this very large project, and there is an inducement for the IEDC to focus mm-hmm. all development on that because they get to keep the money yeah. that comes from it, whereas they would not if they if developed they something in, yeah. in Fountain County. Oh. So this is this is a really it's rife with corruption, and uh, we are trying to press uh, the governor's candidates about whether they will repeal, they will get the legislature to repeal 361-2022. And I've spoken with a lot of legislators about the necessity to do that, and many of them have been responsible. Well, if you can just tough it out until next year, maybe these lawmakers will stop getting unbended knee and being totally subservient to the governor once Holcomb's gone. Tell us about your group and where people can find you. So we are... StopTheWaterSteel.org. We have a website. We also have a Facebook page, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, if you do Facebook.com slash StopTheWaterSteel, we have a Twitter account. We have an Instagram account, all based upon uh, StopTheWaterSteel. So you can find that. I want to just talk about one particular aspect that's really interesting. We are gathering 
all the testimonials of people who have been affected oh, by great. the tests mm-hmm. and who would be affected by the withdrawal of the waters. And this is one of the things that I think our group does uniquely, which is to be a stable repository of information about the project. Yeah. Uh, we're also gathering, and I hope this will hold the state legislators accountable people's letters to state legislators yeah. and the responses oh, that they're receiving. Okay. <laughs> uh, most of the time you send it out, it comes back, it just disappears. Yeah. Disappears. We are now going to be uh, having a you know record. This legislator actually responds. This one just sends a Great. form letter. This this one doesn't respond at all. I love that. So there will be a an accountability uh, built into Stop it. Stopthewatersteal.org. You better get involved. You need to be on the side of these people because they'll come for your stuff next. David Sanders, thank you. We really appreciate all your hard work. Thank you ever so much for having me here. Yeah, it is the Kendall and Casey show. And, you know, Casey, this is such a big deal. Mm -hmm. And these lawmakers, just like they always do, stick their chest out on social media or in these group meetings. And they're going to be Billy Badass or Johnny Tough Guy. And then they all get in there and the governor tells them how it's going to be. And they get on bended knee and say, yes, sir, your highness. I'm sorry for having any ideas. This whole leap thing is gross. Every single part of this from the just conversation confiscation of hundreds of millions of dollars of tax money from regular people to help these mega corporations to try to steal other people's resources. The whole thing sucks. I'm uh, really surprised uh, at a few words that David Sanders used. One was corrupt in reference to IEDC. Hard to argue. Yeah, and there's a Senate Bill 127 right now that uh, could subject them to a little bit more transparency. You want to bet if it'll get passed or not? You are running out of... <laughs> look, look, this is the what think people need to get through their heads. You are running out of natural resources in central Indiana Mm -hmm. because of the mass irresponsible growth that has taken place in these suburban communities over the past 15 or 20 years. Well, and he even said, even if they do tap into the Wabash, it's not enough. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's pathetic, but I was glad he was here. And uh, stopthewatersteal.org, that's the website. Stopthewatersteal.org is the website. Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capital Chronicle mm-hmm. joins us next. So much drama now. Yeah, we've got a lot to cover, and we're going to speak with her coming up from 93 WIBC.